my name is Marie and I'm a musician, DJ, radio host, um, music journalist, uh, but I also am a founder of a platform called Kraton, which is an educational platform for electronic music. And now I also run Synth Library Prague and I'm also a curator of not only musical events but also music education events and I also run the Ableton Music Group Prague. So my main focus is electronic music and music education, music technologies and so on. Maybe this is not the first experience, but probably I would count it as a first experience. Uh, would be maybe LP covers where I saw musicians holding some of the instruments, which made me think like, what is this? And this is interesting. So that's how I became interested in it. And I studied violin. So that at that time it was classical music education but my father also had a big collection of jazz and funk records so through listening I came to know about certain weird you can maybe say weird sounds but I loved it very much through people like Herbie Hancock and many others so through listening and seeing these instruments because I couldn't touch it or play it anywhere because it was not available here at the time when I was young but then when I when there, when I was about 15 or 14 15 I became interested in the electronic dance music let's say and the whole British electronic scene and then I met uh, few people that already had some of these instruments, be it synth samplers or drum machines. And that's where I actually had a chance to touch these instruments and play these instruments. So so it was probably around when I was 15. It was probably the whole composition, not only the sound. Uh, I became aware about these like really interesting sound art pieces when I was older. So firstly it was probably also the composition and the sounds that drew me in. Um, yeah. But I also loved like just recently I reminded myself that when I was little kid I heard a soundtrack to it was probably some series like Robin Hood or something and the soundtrack was made by a um, kind of like a folk electronic band called Clanet and they also used some synths and at the time I was thinking when I was like I was probably not even 10 years old but I was like wow this sounds so great like what instruments what instrument is it but right like now I already know and I already you know read about what instruments they they used so so yeah this was also like one of the first synth music that I heard so
Yeah, the first was around like 15, 16, and this was just like a little experiment, but I couldn't, I guess I couldn't imagine myself really playing these instruments. I was just like, yeah, tweaking some knobs. But I, I still thought like, yeah, my main instrument is violin. And it's probably just recently that I started to think that like I can really play these instruments. Like I already, when I played live with my partner, I already played some of the controllers, some of the drum machines or samplers. But like till this day, I, I, I didn't play like an instrument or modular synth live. This is something that I play more like at home. And do you still play the violin? Yes, yes, we had a project. Uh, it was like an improvised project with my partner where I played the violin and processed the sound or like I played also some sounds from a sampler, looped it and processed it certain ways and he played mostly the beats. And so we like built a composition and then we just break it and delete it or dismantle it kind of. So this was kind of a improvised session where we played. Would you say you approach an electronic instrument in a different way or in a similar way than you approach the, the violin? Mm, I approach the violin in a kind of different way since I some years ago already I bought electronic violin and <clears throat> At that time when I played acoustic classical violin that I really, uh, it was a precious instrument to me. I didn't play it any like weird ways, just you know, a little bit different to, to not uh, harm the, the instrument. But when I bought the electronic violin, I started like playing it all sorts of different ways and experimenting with just like tapping and um, playing playing different sound that people would expect not just with a bow or like pizzicato or something like that but just like touching different parts of the instrument to to get different for example percussive sounds so that's where i yeah so that's where i thought like even the violin can be a source of many different sounds. Mm -hmm. It's just like in my head, like however we would like to play, just like I, I didn't want to harm the instrument because I always, my violin were always some kind of like a friend to me or it's even with other instruments. Like I usually really like to um, treat the instruments well because I don't think it's just about like mastering the instrument it's always some something that plays with me not only like I play it <laughs> Yeah, I think for me it's always something that's, you know, even a synth, analog synth, that's something that is, a lot of the times it's not predictable and just thinking that this is a simple machine that I can master is maybe also a source of 
not not very good stereotypes that people sometimes might think that electronic music is something non-human or not very musical or it's something very simple to do that a machine is really easy to play or some people would be afraid that it can't be kind of a partner for them because it's a it's just a machine it's something that you know people would say like oh violin this like wood and everything but uh, yeah i i think it's just like you know in our heads to to just um find a good nice relationship with the instrument and then you know based on also what we think about the instrument we think about ourselves like can we play this instrument you know we sometimes can create some barriers that are not real even like i i some you know some years before i even thought like oh maybe this is just too complex or too difficult and i know a lot of people that think like either this is very simple it's just stop and play and you know electronic musicians are not even musicians But then there are people that are like, oh, this is not for me, this is too difficult, oh, those cables and everything. And, you know, they they feel like it would be something like really complex programming, and it is not. Yeah, so so I guess it's about, like, t- tearing down some of the stereotypes. We are in a synth library, so this is exactly what you're doing here. It was the intention really just to create this space where people can have their first experience. Mm-hmm. It it all started actually in US because um, the idea came from my friend Elisa de Roubaix. She is an educator and musician uh, based in Portland. She works with 4MS and She started a synth library in Portland uh, in a cultural or art center, let's say S1, uh, together also with Felicia Ledesma. And uh, they just recently, they celebrated the third anniversary. And we found out that our goals were quite similar because I was really interested in bringing music and music technology to places, spaces where it was not accessible or like bringing um, new creativity, new ways of making music to kids and even adults that were not able to maybe learn music because they were excluded, I don't know, because maybe they didn't have long enough fingers, you know, I always joke about it, but it's it's real, like you go to a music school and they will tell you, oh, look at, you know, look at your fingers, maybe they are not long enough, so... <laughs> So like uh, making the music education more accessible, democratic and also more, um, let's say, mm, um, not also more fun and interesting, but also more diverse because there's really nothing about electronic music in the curriculum of like basic schools and high schools or not many times teachers are bringing the history of electronic music to the classes and I think it's really a shame because most of the music that we listen to now even kids like most of the pop music it's electronic music and to learn about the history of electronic music which is more than 100 years already oh it should be should be 
already you know it should be part of the curriculum already and so we try to we try to work with kids and also with for example um, at risk centers uh, where you know there were some socially excluded kids or for example like foster homes so we wanted to use the music also as kind of like a vehicle for a social change or just an inspiration or like a relaxation for the kids so and and also i like big topic for me is also um like the diversity in general but i focused a lot on supporting women on the music scene because i saw that it is really interesting like it is really important to talk about like how we think who should make the music you know based on what we see around us so and Elisa in the library she also focused on bringing you know all a lot of you know minorities when it comes to like making music we always electronic music we always see this white man you know <laughs> around these instruments so it's important to us to show that it's also women because we know it's all a lot of women making music even making the instruments but sometimes it's not obvious from lineups or magazines so that's what i think that's also why that elisa asked me to start the synth library here in prague It's been a year in May here in Prague and we already also started a group of women musicians called Trigger and we got some funding and so together we made a magazine and we had a concert so that was kind of like a special project and now we are thinking of releasing a compilation and uh, we also continue working with the kids but the the main thing is that we have these instruments thanks to Alisa as well uh, not only we have some instruments that are our instruments but thanks to Alisa's connections and because she's trusted and she's you know very uh, very I would say very important person on the scene educational scene and also electronic music scene because of her focus on the diversity and like uh music being able to to bring a social change she was able to get us a lot of instruments that we wouldn't be able to afford for me the the important role of the library is to invite the beginners and you know of course there's a lot of people that specialize on playing modular synths and maybe you know they are interested in very special modules or very special instruments but I think there has to be always the focus on inviting beginners and making the community broader and more diverse than just you know serving the people that already are these nerds involved you know so like 
for me and it's also in the description of the library the main goal is not to just be like mesmerized and like stunned from like what amazing instruments we have here but it's about like making the first step to making music to the world of making music and it should not be only about the particular instruments but it should be about like just an instrument for us to make the music to be creative or like to play together to yeah and also think about like how we play what we play what we send to the world how we listen not only to the music and to each other usually when beginners uh, register and come to the library we also invite them to an intro intro course or intro workshop that we call a how to read synths and the workshop also includes a lecture on brief history of electronic instruments and also basics of the physics i can say or like um, sound synthesis sorry <laughs> Jo, jo, tomu přijde, no. Kdyby... Tak jo, tak skvěl. Tak jo. jo, můžeš do té druhé od spoda, tam na to, jo, na tu krabici přímo, jo, jo. Můžeš tam na tu polici. Děkuji. Tak se mějte krásně. A děkuju. Čau, mějte Yeah, so this was an example of the process, but usually uh, we talk about what their we usually talk about what their experience is and what their goals are, what they are interested in, and so I'm not only asking like what instrument, but also like when we have people that you know didn't play any of these instruments, we talk about like what music do you like. Uh, what is your goal or do you play an instrument or would you like to play live so would you like to try something that could fit to your setup or would you like to just explore the sound because for for the start sometimes it's really good just to listen to these instruments and see what's the range or like what can these instruments do so yeah so uh, and the intro for all the registered participants is like very cheap we usually try to keep these intro courses or lectures with certain musicians very cheap also the members you know usually have a discount for some courses the beginning is like come to our intro called how to read since try because we usually show also at the end we play some of the instruments that we have here so and we can talk about it so firstly it's you know of course theory and then practice and then uh, mm, talking about it you know we can discuss like how to play what to play what the instruments can do and then people can come regularly on their own they can either study Usually it's like I'm here, but I, you know, we don't have, it's not like a lesson. It's usually just for the people to play on their own and study. But 
that's also why we have courses focused on modular synths with Nicole from Bustle Instruments, for example. Some people bring their computers and audio interfaces. We have two audio interfaces here so people can record as well. And so people can make tracks here and we also had a listening session just recently where people played some of the tracks they made here or with these instruments we have here so but for example when it comes to the socially disadvantaged kids we usually go to foster homes or to those at-risk centers we always take these instruments and go where it's needed or like where someone asks us or like recently I started collaborating with few of these centers where kids go um, to spend their uh, leisure time after school and where they are also you know educated about certain practical stuff that might be kids you know that are really like socially disadvantaged in Czech Republic it would be like a community of Roma people for example so this is where I talk to the teachers and instructors there what can we do how can we change anything through music or like what can we provide to those kids so this is where like we take some of the instruments out and for this we usually don't use modular synths for example but we a lot of the times we use drum machines samplers software that can be downloaded for free when we um, talk to these kids we don't you know we we wouldn't probably recommend them modular synths but for the start we usually Mm, recommend mobile apps for free or free software so we try to because with my partner Martin we always try to focus on the cheapest solutions so so it can be really for anyone and then if anyone's interested in sound design and using modular synths they can of course come to the library but with the kids it's for example a different way yeah. so so i don't even you know we don't try to promote like modular synths as the only way of making making music we can still say that it's a very exclusive area exclusive field but you know of course like trying to make this instruments accessible for me is important just mm -hmm. like to show that it should be more common to think about sharing the stuff and also that we should be critical about uh, you know what's normal to us or like you know some people just think okay I will save a lot of money and then I will buy it but I don't think this is normal or I don't think it should be like that because these people have to work jobs jobs that they don't even like just to make the money and I think this is not the way it should be so so it's kind of also you know about like talking about this and like not being very attached to just like things having things like I hear a lot of people saying like oh and I will buy this synth and then it will be perfect and I will be able to make this perfect music 
but that's not true. Like people can make great music with just SoundForge or whatever uh, sound editor, and uh, they don't need much. So it's just showing what the possibilities are, and maybe also showing uh, what the practice in the history of electronic music was. Mm-hmm and kind of like liberate the practices of some people <laughs> and liberate them from like this marketing of the music technology companies because I I understand it's very tempting but sometimes it's only tempting because of the marketing or because of uh, our anxieties that we think that we need the new instrument to be able to make the good music but you know, maybe we should just try to make the music on what we have and just like have these restrictions or like have some boundaries. Yeah. You know, I heard a lot of great musicians saying that the boundaries are, are the having just one synth or one instrument really helped them to to find uh, some their way or like their sound let's see so <laughs> so it's a, it's a kind of a vast topic but of course we can't withdraw us from the world that we live in and i also like admire a lot of the makers of these instruments for like their ideas so it's not to say like that oh these companies are evil because they are trying to sell the sense no it's just about us to just kind of be able to filter <laughs> what's around us and being able to to make make something on ourselves from it There's a lot of these ideas that I find, um, let's say, not valid anymore. For example, like uh, when we think that each of us is very special or very creative, or and I think that more like similar than different. And some people think like, oh this musician he or she they must be geniuses and they are somehow different from other people but you know we we function all of us function on certain patterns and the stereotypes that we are special you know it's it's also harming for the music making process i would say For me, it's also about like uh, being very careful about choosing if, you know, uh, who will be this authority or who will be this lecturer that would share experience and knowledge with other people. Because um, what I've seen so far, a lot of the time, people think that a lecturer should be like this very experienced person that should also be very funny and charismatic and very loud and funny and but I don't think it's true I think that the lecturers should also be maybe it could be an introverted person 
or so so I try to like show a var- variety of people and and I like to show that not even the lecture has to be so confident or has to know everything that's why we most of the lectures here of course are musicians so it's more about like not about like this is the lecture that knows everything and that will talk to you and learn you everything teach you everything but it's more about an exchange and and showing different approaches to also teaching also making music so again we have like more diversity the offer here is based on what i learn from the people like what they ask me about what i also heard they are interested in or what i'm really interested in and i want to offer or show what practice i think it's is not presented um, so so it's i think it's really evolving and it's really like a fluid kind of thing we don't have like a standardized like ableton course and modular synth course it's it always is uh influenced by the lecture and we always talk about it with the lecture what they would like to bring or like what i think based on my experience is what we would like to present Of course in in the beginning I thought like oh it would be really nice to have a school focused on electronic music but I think we are not there and I think it for now it's much better to have this informal education platform yeah. that would just uh, uh present and offer some courses some lectures and always like have a variety not just like okay in the spring we will have these four courses and then again you know we know that from the business point of view of course uh this this kind of like standardization could work better maybe but i think ever changing and ever evolving institution is for me much much more interesting and also at the end much better for the people and you know we'll see <laughs> It's always about like balancing um how, how would I put it like it's even like by informing and how we inform people we create you know certain response from them so also like having regular and standardized things sometimes make a lot of people safe or like feel safe but i think we can do it also like in a different way it's a process so i always look try to look around for inspiration i look mostly to other countries abroad and i also look to other fields and other art forms 
So that's why we also joined a platform called Feminist Art Institution, for example, that was founded and the code of conduct was written by women that work in the field of visual arts and they are mostly running galleries but we we uh, we joined them as like first sound institution because i really liked the code of conduct which is also now being reviewed and it's also ever changing you know ever asking like why we do it uh, what that means or like what is the impact of our practice and also like I really like the fact that the main motif of the code of conduct is care which is stereotypically attached to women of course and therefore it's most of the times undervalued and big institutions you know don't even care <laughs> we know we know that you know it's it's mostly artists that are the last people that the institutions care of and care about so so i think this should change and the focus on like ever evolving and i always say like we're fluid institution and that we can rain somewhere or we can evaporate from somewhere and then rain on a different spot so i think we should be very flexible It's different because we have different types of people and I think it's good like that we don't have like any one thing that people would come here for. For example, like one of my favorites is Make Noise O Coast, which is like for the beginners doesn't have to be always the most accessible thing maybe sometimes they find it a little bit more difficult but you know after a while they find out that it's really cool and it's uh, nothing to to be scared of and f other instrument for me for example is the Deckard stream here from black corporation but not many people come here for this instrument but when we show it to them they love it so <laughs> It's really, yeah, it's really nice. I love the sound. So, and usually people, you know, fell in love with it as well. But a lot, you know, when we added OP1, for example, it's an instrument that people heard of a lot. It's one of, you know, the more, more expensive ones. So sometimes people ask about it, but it's, you know, it's also about how we talk about the instruments, you know if again if you present the instrument in a nice way you know and if you ask people what they like so that's why we also have these intros so people can hear the synths and then already be able to come to the shelf and say yeah i already played this during the intro and i really liked it and also like for example now we have uh, we have here a lot of modules from Formas, 
So like their spherical wave table navigator, like it's something like, wow, that's really a really beautiful instrument that can function on its own. It's like a module, but it, you know, with an output can function like an instrument. So it's really like a nice pod we have it in. And yeah, so these are really beautiful, mutable instruments are like modules that are so amazing. So. To also think about like how do we explain how how do we share like what what we do so so be patient and um, be respectful have fun and you know do, do whatever like <laughs> it might not sound right but you know after some time it might sound right to someone you know you might find someone that would be amazed and be so happy about the sounds you make <laughs> thank you thank you and can i play the deckard string yeah sure